Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Eli Gate 25. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, I know you're excited for this introduction. So just just so we're clear, we they played the disclaimer again that the views of, of us is not something that they're proud of, I guess. Do you think it's because of our yeah, guests? I, yeah, I think it's our guests. I, I think right now we have Keith Pompey on, so we need to have a disclaimer that the views of Keith Pompey, which I'm sh- I have a, an idea of what he's about to express, <laughs> are not ones that we share. That Keith, you, how you wait, doing? Wait, don't say we. That <laughs> you you I, I thought they were talking about Michigan football or something. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going to go with this. Uh, so I just I, thought. I was like, wow. I hear you've been, wow. blo- I hear you've been blowing up with score p- predictions, Keith. You uh, you don't think that Michigan's going to play well in that ball game? I think they'll win the first one, but I think they'll get blown out in the national championship. Wait, hold on a second. I can go scroll back through my text and find one where you said that Michigan's going to lose by 15 to TCU. Where I said what? You Meet said. Yeah, there you go. So I, I I think that that was a contract, and I think that you now have to bet me <laughs> and give me 15 points. <laughs> Keith. He's so nah, desperate I, now. He just doesn't I want know. you to trash he Michigan. <laughs> like seven points or, or he, three points. Man, I just... Uh, all right. So, look, see how he's backtracking there? So you just go to the Sixers why, 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 don't, why don't we talk a little Sixers? Something maybe you know a little bit about. How's that? I give you ten points. I give you ten. You'll give me ten points. All right, deal. We'll work out the, we'll work out the parameters of the bet next week. Oh, this is okay. good stuff. It's 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 out there now. All right, Keith. We'll we'll set up the parameters <laughs> of your deal after the show. At fifteen and twelve, Sixers are in fifth place in the East. Uh, they got the Warriors coming in tonight. Well, sort of the Warriors. Some of the Warriors. <laughs> they won't have a lot of guys out there. Uh, talk to us about what we're seeing out of the Sixers right now. This is their fourth game on what the seventh game homestand before they hit the road forever. You know, it, it, it's it's one of those things where you know. Up, oh, we lost Keith. This homestand, you know, they lead the NBA in, in, in points. They're like second in the, no, in second in assists. They're they're num- They also lead the league in three point percentage. Um, you know, they're they're playing well. I, I think a lot of it has to do with a their opponents, and b um, it has to do with the play of James Harden. I mean, you know, they've been playing well. I mean, Joel Embiid has been scoring a lot of points before. Uh, but it just seems like, you know, James Harden being a double-double machine, getting a lot of assists and getting other teammates involved, you know, has kind of spearheaded uh, the 76ers offense. So let's talk about James Harden for a second. Is this, is this just a case of a healthy James Harden, or is this also a case of maybe Doc Rivers getting in his ear and saying, look, we need a more traditional point guard if we're going to win? You know what I, I think is um, a, a little bit of the latter, but I also think is from James realizing, like, hey, I've been out a minute. You know, Joel was kind of sort of in, in the, on a tear. You know, I came back in the Houston game, and I tried to be ISO James, and I looked horrible. You know, uh, I, I kind of think that that's what it is where, you know, it comes a point in time when it's like how he came back last year and it's kind of like you see a guy dominating and you don't want to be the one to mess up the flow. Are they making a concerted effort to have him post up so that he can kick out to give some of these open shots for assists? I haven't really seen them do that much with him in the past. 
Yeah, they are. They are because and it's one of those things where let's try to take advantage of the mismatch, right? So here we are. Like so, he's posting up, and 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 in a perfect world, you what you're going to think is that that's going to draw some attention, and when it draws attention, you got guys like George Niang um, at in the at the perimeter, and you just kick the ball out, and he did that three times last game where he he had those post up. He threw it out to George Niang three times, George Burry two threes, right? But then also, if if they don't like, uh, if because he's you know he's a big guard, so if 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 you don't like uh, collapse on him, then what he'll try to do is he'll turn around and try to muscle you and get to the foul line or or, or try to get an and one. But it just seems like yeah, that's one of those things that they're trying to take advantage of. Um, you know, more post-substances. You know, one of the players that they've gotten this year who seems to be the most one of the most polarizing figures is P.J. Tucker. It, it's, okay. ju- it's hard to tell. You're there every day. It's hard for us to tell. Is P.J. Tucker a benefit or a negative when he's out on the court? You know, it, it, it's tough because, you know, P.J. is one of those guys that he, he basically – goes unnoticed right but everyone says that oh that they love that they love what he brings to the team um i think that pj's value is going to be more he's going to be more valuable to the 76ers right now in a playoff series because it's going to be possession by possession you know the scoring is going to be lower it's going to be more physical and that's kind of sort of his game but you are right i mean the thing is you know, he has to make shots when he's out there. Like, And, again, I'm not saying he has to shoot the ball a lot, but when he does attempt these shots, you know, you, you do want them to fall as opposed to him, like, hitting the front of the rim and, and, and things like that. But he doesn't even take any shots. Well, you know what? He's been taking some of the last couple of games. You know, I, I think a lot of it is there was a point in uh, the season where he was out there and P.J. would be wide open. And it was kind of sort of like the Sixers were playing four-on-four basketball. They wouldn't swing the ball his side. Actually, the ball will go the other way. But what I'm talking about now recently is, yeah, he's getting a couple shot attempts. He's just not making them, you know. And and when you see that, that's when you really say, okay, PJ, I understand. Here I am, the guy, like, saying, hey, they need to get you more involved. But when you're missing the shots, you know, that's the problem that you have. Because, yeah, there was a point where he wasn't taking them, but now he's not making the ones that he is taking. Doc was asked the other day about Tyrese Maxey. He said whatever he has to do, he's nowhere near it. So I would say he's out at least, I don't know, at least a couple more weeks. What's the concern level on his recovery time? You know, I have a huge concern level on it. Like, as a guy that I um, chat with from time to time, he's not concerned at all. But... To me, it's one of those things, if you're saying it's a foot injury and it's supposed to be three to four weeks and, you know, Doc's saying he can't do he can't do a lot now, you know, that's concerning to me. Secondly, you know, it's one of those things where this starting lineup, like the Sixers right now have played, what, 28 games? The starting lineup has only been together um, for six games. That's it. So the longer it takes for him to come back, is the longer it's going to take for the 76ers to adjust and gel and become the unit that you want them to be. So to me, it's like, 
yeah, you may go ahead and win a couple games without him, but you still got to get the timing down with him. Everyone has to play together. So to me, that's where the problem is, you know. And But at the same time, a foot is something serious that you don't want to mess with. Um, so, yeah, it, to me, there's a lot of concerns with that. While he's out, I guess you just have to assume he's not coming back. And if he comes back, then great. But in the meantime, how valuable has, has uh, Tobias Harris become? Oh, man, Tobias has been great. Like, I think Tobias, you know, and, you know, some people are going to base it off of Joel saying, look at the points he scored. You know, look, look at what Melton has been able to do. You know, so they're going to give these guys credit. Look at Shake Milton, what he's been able to do. But you have to say, in my opinion, that Tobias has been the MVP of the first half of the season or this point. Because, you know, here's a guy who, who sacrificed his game. But then when they put him, but then when, you know, he's, but, but, but when everybody's went down, all the other guys went down, he's been the constant. You know, he might not have been the, the leading scorer, but he, he was always amongst the top three leading scorers. And not only that, top three in rebounds, top three in steals. You know, so he's been a guy who's been able to um, shine on both sides of the ball, and he carried them and a lot of help carried them in a lot of those victories when they were under man. Yeah, and then look, he's shooting 41% from three in his, in his 11 games back since he's been back out there, and he's definitely played the role they need. A, a person I'm questioning what their role is right now is Paul Reed. When Joel Embiid was out, Paul Reed put in good minutes. Right now it looks like he's back behind Montrez Harrell again. What is going on with that rotation? Uh, say, say it again. Can you repeat that again? I'm sorry. Paul Reed. It looks like he's behind Montrez. Yeah, I zoned out at that question, it, too. It looks like Paul Reed's <laughs> behind Montrez Harrell again, and I don't understand that because I don't understand how you're going to get the young guy experience to be ready in the playoffs if you need him, like we saw last year when somebody goes down, if you don't give him minutes now. Yeah, great question. Great question. Uh, you know, you know I, I guess I didn't go to Michigan, so I didn't understand it, but at first, but anyway, that was a great wow. question. Any, anyway, anyway, so anyway, 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 nah, so anyway. this is what I think. I, I, I honestly think that, that that position can be a little frustrating or not frustrating, but that's one of those things where the coach doesn't have as much patience, right? So if you notice, like one week, one of them is playing very well and the other one doesn't get any minutes, right? And I think when you have a guy like Paul, Paul Reed, like, when MB doesn't, when MB plays, he's the backup. So he comes in, and the last couple games, you know, he's been in foul trouble. He, he like he he's been making a little bit of mistakes. And I think what happens is Doc gets a little frustrated and like, oh, you're on the bench. Come on, Trez. You know what I mean? So I I think that's where it is. But then what happens is let Trez start getting beat at the rim a couple of times. Then all of a sudden we're going to see Paul Reed back out there. So it's like. That one position is the one where these guys continue to get the quick hook. They just continue to get the quick hook. All right. Now I'm going to ask the question, the woe is me question of the day and has nothing to do with Michigan. What, what was Joel Embiid thinking? Why is he out there saying that the Philadelphia fans want him traded? I mean, what's behind this? You know, it, it's weird because now I'm, I'm, the guy, Jake Fisher, is a, I've known Jake since he was, what, in college, right? 
good reporter. That's a long time ago, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? So, <laughs> Jeff just taking shots back. He's very unhappy at your Michigan shots. Uh, of course, shots. I was at Pitt at the same time as him, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, 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 anyway, so anyway, like, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Joel says stuff, but when he says it, he's always chuckling. He's always laughing. And you're like, man, stop being, stop joking around. No, I'm serious. Ha, 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 ha. Like one of those. So that's how it went down and apparently in their interview. Now, we've heard that before, the media people, but we like, come on, Joe. Like, nah, dude. Now, there are some people, let's be honest. There are some people now saying, can you win with Joel Embiid? Should you trade Joel Embiid? You can know, he stay healthy for a run? Make, I mean, there's definitely yeah, people can, who ask the question, but to kind of yeah. throw a blanket on it and say, people want me traded is a little bit much. Exactly. Now, the thing is, the one thing I didn't understand is, like, Joel, the timing of it coming out. Like, now, again, I think he interviewed Joel a couple of days before the article came out. I, I think it was. But still, it just seems crazy for that to come out at the time when your team is on, like, a, a, a three-game winning streak. You know what I'm saying? You won three games. You averaged 40 points during those games. Everyone in Philadelphia is showing you much love. And now this is what we got to read. So it just seems like the timing was extremely bad. And and now I honestly believe, and when he said that to me at one point or, or to the rest of us, it was kind of sort of like, you know, when the team was winning without him. But now he's the guy. He's the guy. So, and, and, and then it's also one of those things where you can easily deny it and say, hey, I was joking. I was only saying. He puts so, up 53 and 12 on Sunday, and the story on Monday and Tuesday is how he's talking about wanting to get out. I just, It just surprises me. You know, it, it seems like he's matured as a player, and then you still see these instances where, where things come out, and it's like, why do you need the distraction now? Wow. You know what I mean? That, that, that's a, it, it's just a joke. Like, I mean, I shouldn't call it a joke, but it's just bad timing, man. And, and again this is some of the things that people say about the organization. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't get right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you want to get right, but then there's always something like you take a step forward and then there's something to bring you back a step. All right. Well, let, let's talk, let's talk about the, the organization that has gotten it right for a long time, who they're playing tonight, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They're going to be without Steph Curry. What are you expecting to see tonight? A lot of bench players. You know what? It's crazy. <laughs> You expect to see the 76ers smack them, right? But this is also one of those games where the 76ers, like, let their guard down and it can be a little bit closer and more uncomfortable than what everybody thinks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, that that's one of those things where, you know, you, you have to say to yourself, you're like, oops, I hope, I hope, they, I hope they take care of things. Now, last night, or yesterday, I was talking to George Niang, talking to uh, Doc Rivers about it, and they're like, nah, we can't overlook this team. This is the Warriors. Like, this is the champions. But now you look at it, Gray Mines not playing. Clay is questionable. You know, uh, Wiggins isn't playing. He already, he's been out for a minute. Andre Iguodala hasn't played at all. But at the same time, they have Jordan Poole a guy who could be an all-star if he was on a different team, right? You, you can, Or at least a fringe all-star. So, you know, and if Clay plays, you know he's going to put up a lot of points. So I, I kind of think that, you know, the Sixers, they got to be careful tonight. 
I mean, they honestly, because if they lack focus, you know, this is one of those games they can slip. And the reason why I'm saying that is you guys have been following the Sixers and covering the Sixers for a while. Whenever we think that they have a rise is when stuff falls apart. So to me, they have to handle their business and prove that, you know, they're not like the teams that they were in the past, that when, when it was a gimme game, they, they lost the game or they gave up the gimme game. They've had a good start to the homestand. How important is it these next three games? I mean, they got a long, they got that Disney break lo- road trip coming up where they won't be home. Keith, you'll be traveling a lot in January with them. How important is it to kind of close it out strong here, close out the year at home so that they have that momentum, keep, keep it going as they start to get these players back, hopefully? Um. Yeah, it is it, it, extremely important for them. Um, be, be, because not only just for that, to keep the momentum, you got to keep pace with the Knicks in Brooklyn. I mean, the Knicks won, what, you know, five straight. Brooklyn's you know, won Brooklyn, eight of nine. They're 17 and 12 now. Nine. Yeah, won, it won eight of nine. So it's not a matter of like, you know, hey, we want to keep this momentum going. Nah, we got to win. And when you look at it, you know, no offense, the, the, the Sacramento Kings have a winning record, right? Um, then the the, uh, the Clippers have a winning record. The rest of these teams are struggling. So the 76ers need to come out here and get these wins because, you know, you look around the standings, if they lose, you know, and the, and the other two teams win, the Sixers can mess around and go from fifth to seventh quick, fast, in a hurry. You know what I mean? So – if one and if they win, they still may end up remain in fifth spot right now because I feel like you know they have to hold serve in these games. The Clippers game maybe t- might be tough for them, but they need to continue to her- hold serve in these games because that Christmas Day game. At first, we were all laughing and joking like, "Oh, they got to play the Knicks. Uh, what kind of game is that?" That could be a key game right now, a key early early season game. Because, you know, if, if they both keep winning, they're both going to be, what, either fourth or fifth or, 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 or fifth or sixth in the standing. So that's going to be an important game because, like you said, once they go out west, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. All right. Before you take your parting shot, um, explain how the NBA is going to fix what happened with the Nets the other day. I believe the Nets sat their top eight players. And, yes, they still won the game. But how do you, if you're going to find a team a whopping, what, $25,000, what's going to prevent teams from doing this again? Uh, nothing. If you're going to find them a whopping 25000 uh, nothing at all. I mean, you know, you're, that's like, you know, giving them, finding a millionaire, what, $25? Mm-hmm. You know, like you find a billionaire, 25000 Nah, that's not going to prevent any teams from doing it. And teams are always going to do it. I mean, you know, it's funny. Who was it? Uh, a couple of like didn't also didn't the Brooklyn Nets? They got yeah, they got fined for for like you know not disclosing what what happened on you know the media. Uh, excuse me, the injury report. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff going on nowadays, and it's all because of you know what everybody wants to rest their players. That the, the focus is having everyone healthy for the playoffs. You know, and, and until you raise those fines, it's not going to happen. And the same way, just like players are going to, you know, media members want to talk to guys pregame. 
And if, if a player's making a max deal and if he doesn't want to talk, there's nothing saying he has to because, you know, the league isn't going to want to find him initially. And when they do find him, it's going to be, what, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. To me, that's a lot of money, but to those guys, it's not. Well, we'll definitely look forward to reading it in the Philadelphia Inquirer, following you at Pompeii on Sixers, Locked on Sixers, everywhere else you can read Keith Pompeii. Keith, thanks for always giving us some time. And for the coverage, uh, go ahead and take your shot at Jeff. No, nah, Jeff, I mean, I hope y'all do win in the first round because if y'all lose to TCU, it's going to look bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look- I, I, think you, I think you want Michigan to win because I, you'll you'll have so much time that you will spend giving me a hard time, you won't be able to cover the Sixers. Uh, We will uh, follow up on that uh, bet that you and Jeff have (laughs) and inform the audience next week. Keith, Keith, thanks so much for your time, man. Go Ohio State, brother. (laughs) Oh, Jeffy, close with that. (laughs) That one hurts for you. (laughs) Jeff, we got about two minutes till we hit the break. Maybe from now on, we we hang up on him and just don't say goodbye. Just before we let him finish. Right, I think that might be the answer. Get the knowledge and then get out. Um, Eagles play the Bears this weekend. What happened against the Giants last week, Jeff? Giants stink. I told you that. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like. What do you want me to do? I, I've, Daniel, the Giants have now found out Daniel Jones is not the answer. I've right? told I've told you I'm, I'm worried about. You're the not going to answer my past. question. No, he's not the answer. <laughs> but he doesn't have an offensive line still. Am I wrong about the defensive coordinator in the defense though? I mean, they're first in like everything for the Eagles. Why? You want me to say, are you wrong? The answer is yes, but I don't know what the question is. Well, I keep worrying about Jonathan Gannon's scheme, and then I look at the numbers at the end of the game, and I I don't know. Am I worrying for no reason? Oh, so you're worried. That's Like, what am I supposed to say you're wrong about? Do you pay attention when I talk on this show? Well, You've asked me about my concerns for weeks, and I've said the defense stopping the run, Jonathan Gannon, and special teams in the last two weeks. By the way, you can stop giving me the finger while you're (laughs) I wasn't actually doing that. I was rubbing my beard. But that's just fine, whatever you'd like to think I'm doing. Wait, so you just signed Sue. As long as he doesn't stomp on somebody, that's an improvement. He's playing nice. And you got Jordan Davis back this week, right? Yes. So doesn't that solve the problem? What what tiny saying, problem the Eagles have? Was I have? wrong? I've been concerned about it. Am I? Do I need to just stop it no, and go this for is the like ride? My, this is like my comment about in the middle of the season. The, if Bryce Harper comes back healthy for the Phillies, it's it's like a signing a free agent. You just got Sue and you got Jordan Davis coming back. He he does a ton for the run. So how? What are you worried about? They're twelve and one. I know that's really hard to complain when the, your team. They're going to beat the one. Bears by twenty points. I hope so. I'd like a nice relaxing win. That'd be fine with me. It's going to be Wait cold. Wait a second. Most of the wins have been relaxing wins. When's, when's, what games have been? No, it's, it's been. I mean, a, cr- Christmas Day or whenever the Eagles play the Cowboys, you should worry a little bit. But, you know, Michael Parsons really should shut up. He should. We'll talk more about that later uh, next week. Jeff, let's hit the break. When we come back, we'll talk about our experience Army-Navy next week and more. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. 
great listening at 97.5 HD2 online or on any smart device. 860 AM WWDB Philadelphia now concludes its broadcast day. Jeff, coming back from break, let's talk a little bit about our experience last weekend. We had the pleasure, obviously, during the week we interviewed uh, Army-Navy Captain Andre Carter uh, before the game, and then we got to go cover the Army-Navy game Talk about the experience that we had there. Uh, pretty special. To, to me, the beginning, I, I've always told you, the best part of the Army-Navy game isn't even necessarily the game. And this year, I know we can talk in a little bit about how it went to overtime. The best part of the game was not the game, okay? Especially the first half, and especially if you actually like uh, football after 1930. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but before we get to that part, the, the part of the game that I love is actually not the game. It's the stuff beforehand. It's going early and seeing the flyovers and seeing the guys parachute in and seeing the cadets and the midshipmen get into their sections of the stadium and having so much fun. It, it's, it's all of that. It's the, the hostage exchange that they have when, they, when the, the students who spend a semester at each other's academies get to go back to their own academies. It's those kinds of things that make that game special. It was the passion of the people there, too. There was just a different feel. There's a different feeling in the stadium at an Army-Navy game than there is seeing any other game. And it's, you know, they're all in their uniforms. And, I mean, we were up in the press box. We couldn't hear the, the sound when they're all jumping up and down. But, like, you can see the stadium shaking before kickoff as everything's going. It was just a really cool experience. My kids obviously love seeing the video of the parachuters coming in with the flags. Very impressive given the wind and everything else going on there. But, yeah, I mean, it it doesn't get lost on us that we get to do this on the radio and have fun. But you go to something like that and it's like, all right, this is kind of cool. I know this is a first world problem and nobody's going to sit there and cry for us. It's, It's not fun watching in a press box. For those for those people that think that that might be a cool experience, yes, it's warmer, but when you're sitting behind glass and you can't hear the atmosphere of a game, I would just say it's a it's different, it's ex- very sanitary. It's a different experience because people there are working, they're they're typing right. their stories, they're you know they're watching the game differently, they're tracking specific stats, or, or the spotters yelling or, out every single thing that's the, going what, on, what players on the field. <laughs> so it is you know it, it, you don't want to complain about it, but it is a different experience. Mm-hmm. And actually, we walked out of the press box to be in the stadium for the flyovers so that we could feel and hear the crowd because you kind of lose that. And and Only to find out that, that I apparently was on television, which I pointed out to people, that means you were on television, mm, but... No, see, the, the camera only went so low and, and it just didn't see me there in the shot. So whoever saw you on TV apparently did not they, realize that yeah, I was there with you. That was my kid next to me. <laughs> well, I think the lady who took our picture together thought that I was your kid. Right. You know, we, I was trying to take a picture Thanks. of you out there on the field mm-hmm. and she was like, do you want to get in a picture with him? But I definitely thought that that's what it was. So. You know, but it was it was it was fun to be there. And All right, but let's cover. talk about the game, and let's let's talk about the debacle after the game too, because the, the game itself, as as much it is as it is amazing to watch how hard these guys try, and that these are two, you know, as the as the, um, I think it was the chaplain before the game. Somebody was talking about how they battle against each other, but after the game, this is two teams that come together. As much as that is is great, not passing the ball. <laughs> At all. I don't care if that's your plan. You know, I used to sit there and blame it on the quarterbacks, but after watching this game, there were several attempted passes that the receivers 
It's like they never saw a ball thrown in their direction. <laughs> they just bounced off their hands and their chest. You, you could see why neither was like, of these come teams on. throw the ball that much. When but they how hard could it be to get? A, I mean, okay, yes. now, okay, what? I refuse to participate in any conversation of how hard it can be because you had not me to go, catch a ball. You to find me, somebody that could catch a ball. I don't care. Oh, okay, find somebody. Yeah. Say, you had me go dribble someplace for a, a G League team, and I couldn't even do that. Yeah, I'm so, not. I'm like, not going there. But, I'm not criticizing but, somebody else's I, athletic skills. I get they're not there necessarily for the sport of football, but if but if you're signed on to to play wide receiver, you got to be able to catch a ball, and they have to be. They call somebody a quarterback. So he's got to be able to pass the ball every once in a while because if for no other reason, you there's no, there's no defensive strategy other than just get up to the line and tackle. I actually didn't have it on the quarterbacks as much on some of those passes. Some of them hit the receivers, right? That's what hand. I'm saying. I know that, but yeah. but they're, the first half, how many attempted passes there were? We, I think there were zero we or were, one. We were joking about how quickly the first half went because the clock just kept moving because they kept running the but ball. There was a point at which there was a, 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 an attempted pass and the entire press box, you know, you're not supposed to cheer or do anything in the press box. Everyone went, oh, oh. because he threw the ball. It, was not, the first, it wasn't even completed. It was, it was just the fact that he threw the ball. You and I actually had an unofficial over-under of 20 yards passing for Army, oh. which they ended up exceeding in the first half. No, no, uh, that was total yards. Oh, total that yards. That was not passing yards because there were no <laughs> passing yards in the first half. It was total yards. It was that bad. I mean, Army was the the – the favorite in this game and army was having a brutal time and so then the Navy. second half comes along and it's a completely different football game you end up in overtime with well this to game. be fair it was a different football game in that one team now army was getting the yards rushing it wasn't because <laughs> because, because it was they a started football game. Yes. yeah so you get the controversy in overtime tell me what you think about what happened how the game ended what you saw I, what, what, what's the controversy to you the fumble was it a touchdown? Was it? Did the ref call it a pretty, touchdown? Pretty close. Did the ref call it a touchdown? I, I mean, it, look, I've, I've, been, we, you and I have this discussion over years. If the ref called it a touchdown, it's a touchdown. It's that's the end of it. I, th- that's not cost Ken Niamatololo his job. It looks like. Well, that I don't know. I, I don't know if it cost him his job. I, but the athletic director should have a lot of like self reflection right, right after the game. One, you don't do that right after the game. Second of all, you don't do that at a at a at a military academy. This is a school that doesn't have scholarships for athletes, okay? It's also, I didn't know this, but Navy doesn't take, I think, transfers where Army and Air Force do. So he's even more hamstrung. And he's taken them to how many bowls now? And he's gotten them respectable records despite all of that stuff. And his players graduate, and they don't get in trouble, and they're leaders in the military. Like, what else do you want him to do? And then you decide because you lost in overtime and you lost to Army that while he's sitting at his locker, you're going to walk over to him and say, hey, you're fired. Like, let him get on the bus and go back to the academy. There's no, It's not like Navy's rushing out to get the next grade. He was trying to console his They weren't going to get Deion Sanders as a coach. He was trying to console his players while yeah. he was at his locker. Like, right. He, he's not – I'm – I get you make moves. Okay, I was surprised with how it went down. I was actually surprised that they they got rid of him. And I do wonder if they won the game, would they have made the move? Is is this you know just a quick decision after the game how it went? I I don't really know, but 
there'll be a new coach next year for the Army-Navy game. When it's not in Philadelphia, I believe it comes back in 2027 now. It goes on the road. Yeah, to... I'm sh- I am shocked that the Army-Navy game is not here in 2026. Me too. Uh, I think it's in D.C. then. It's in Boston next year. But, but every – look. I forget where. Philadelphia, Philadelphia, at least for 2026, is like the center of America. Yeah. The World and, Cup. And the Yeah. The, the I think the all-star game for, for Major, Major League, League Baseball. Baseball. So there's a lot of stuff. The I, don't, is, I don't know if the NBA – all-star game is here. I'm I haven't not sure. seen if it's finalized yet. May, but, it, it may depend on if the, where the Sixers arena ends up. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Had yeah. to take that shot. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't understand why the Army Navy game of all games wouldn't have been planned to be here during that time. Yeah, it surprised me. Uh, but because the World Cup won't be, the World Cup will be earlier. Yes. Right. I mean, for the for World every, Cup was moved to be played in right. Qatar. I mean, for pe- for people who don't follow World Cup soccer, in the most times it's during the summer. It's not during the fall. It was moved to the fall because Qatar in the summer is apparently <laughs> 190 degrees or whatever. <laughs> it's worse than Qatar has been during the other times playing soccer right. there. All right. Uh, well, I guess. But if you're an, but if you're an athletic director of of a military academy, like what's your hurry? Like, why not handle this with class? What really? What What are you going to accomplish? As I said before, he's not getting Deion Sanders. He's not getting any of the well, other. Well, maybe won't be giving big... us press passes next year. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, who knows? Maybe the athletic director won't be there. I, I, just, I just. I agree with you. Now, I, I, I thought that. I thought he deserved better. He coached the right way there, mm-hmm. and I thought that they could have treated and him did a with good the job. respect that he earned because he treated. That we interviewed him a few years ago before the Army Navy game. He treated that job with the respect and reverence that he believed that the coach of the Naval Academy should hold that job with. He held himself as accountable as he did his players. And I was very surprised at the way that they handled that after the game in the heat of the moment rather than giving him the dignity of going back and having the conversation and saying, you know what, let's go in a different direction. Right. I just thought it'd be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. All right, let's leave that there. Let's. You want to talk baseball? You want to no, talk? No, we've soccer? got we got other college football to discuss. Are you kidding me? You got the beginning of bowl season. Yeah, I. I, I uh, would we, it surprise? Did you watch it today? Would it surprise? Okay. Oh, please tell me you didn't of watch course it. I watched a little bit. Oh, of so it. which who's who was in today's first bowl UA, of the season? UAB was playing. It was not a high University of game. Alabama Birmingham. For the many many people who don't know who that is, yes, yeah. they were they were playing in the early game. Was, there it, was a, this the Bahamas Bowl? Uh, I don't know. Why so, do you ask me these questions on uh, the air when I haven't looked them up? Whatever like happened a, to the good old days where all the bowls were like within a couple day period of time and there were a million bowls on January 1st. Why can't we have that? You, well, you, you who, get all, you're the get off I, I agree with you. Uh, by I was going to say, who's you, watching today's bowl in the middle of the afternoon? And, and apparently it's, it's you. It was the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl. There you go. And UAB beat Miami Red Now, Hawks. how many people could be at that game? Um, it does Tell, not have the attendance for the game. You're, Actually, you're big the capacity on, of the stadium was 15,000. Do you think that there was 5,000 people in the, in the stadium? There's a, there's a stadium that holds 15,000 in the Bahamas, or do they just play it on the beach? Thomas A. Robinson National Stadium, capacity 15,000. You know really? what? Ne- we, next year, yeah. we should have the hardest sports cover that bowl in the Bahamas, the hometown lenders okay. Bahamas so bowl. So here's the deal. We can do some research, some reconnaissance, and report back to our listeners about what's going on there. So here's the deal. We can do that. 
I'm good with it. You gonna tell my wife you, I'm you, leaving for a couple of days? No, no, no. I'm bringing somebody. You, you can do the game. I'll do the prep work before. How's that? Okay. All yeah. right. We'll we'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm cool. I've never been to the Bahamas, so I'm okay. I'm okay with that. All right. So, are you excited for the extended college season, or can you not get into it because it's not compact like you used to remember it in your good old days? I can't you like get it. into it. Which, by the way, I liked those days better. Okay. And then this whole spread out nonsense. Today's game, just so we're clear, was between a team that n- nobody knows about outside of Birmingham, Alabama, that's six and six. They're now seven and six with the they win won. today, Jeff. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, they're seven and, and a team, another team that's six and six. Um, so, yes. They're now six and seven, Jeff. Right. Okay. <laughs> so before this game, you had two middling teams who were 500 for the season playing in a bowl game in the Bahamas. In the middle of the afternoon, there is no point in this. <laughs> there, there's. Uh, I'm all for bowls and tradition and stuff. First of all, the Bahamas Bowl is not a tradition. This uh-huh. is basically your yearly. Don't, like, don't give me the. This not, is this is not a get off your lawn even, moment. Just so we're it's clear, it's not even Festivus yet. And this is your like yearly oh no complaint. that's next Friday like like you regularly complain about the new ball season yes. every year I could just I do? Re- oh yeah wow. oh yeah and no I'm not saying get off my lawn because I agree with you I don't like it spread out I enjoyed when now look I may feel differently now that I have kids because I would not be able to sit still from eleven o'clock in the morning to eleven o'clock at night watching football like I did at that time. When the schedule well, was that way. Well, now you can way. do it moving around. Your son is older, so you could sit around and watch or do what you want. I got to fight my kids for the TV to not watch, like, whatever show they want to watch. So I'm not watching a stream on my little mobile app. <laughs> so, you know, I may appreciate that it's spread out more that I can watch after they go to bed some night. Here's the other reason that it's hard to pay attention to college. Is that what adulting college? is, by the way? When you judge whether you like your schedule based on how you handle when you're with your kids? I don't know what that definition means. I, I have no okay. idea. What, right. what I do know is is that the other problem with college football right now is that it's hard to pay attention to all these ridiculous bowls. When there's a but when there's several thousand student athletes that have decided that they're all going to go find greener pastures, over a thousand so, in the transfer portal. Yeah, already. I, I mean, I, I, just as one example, like Michigan's quarterback from last year, Cade McNamara, decided he was going to leave and he transferred to rival Iowa, and then he brought the tight end Eric All with him, and 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 you're just seeing all of these guys. Notre Dame's quarterback left before the bowl game. Yeah, and 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 and, and by the way, we go back to the bowl problem. One of the other problems with all of these bowls that aren't the college football playoffs the kids don't play. is that the best players don't play in the game. Okay, so, so is there something to be said for a chance for these younger guys to get experience, or is that just not an argument that's worth having at all? No, this isn't. it's not minor league baseball where you go to see the prospects. That, that's not the point of this. The point of this is, is you're, the bowl is supposed to be rewarding you for having a good season. Okay, so like last year, Pitt. They have a great season. They win the ACC. They beat Clemson. And then they go to a bowl game, and Kenny Pickett says, well, I'm not going to risk getting hurt. What's the point? You had a whole team. There's 100 kids on that team. There's a coaching staff. There's all these people, the students that, that go to the games. All of this happens in the play. And I'm not blaming the, the, the student athlete. They need to do what they need to do to protect their career. I'm just telling you that from a fan perspective, it's like, well, why am I going to spend my time? Why am I going to invest my money if I'm going to turn on a bowl game and the top six, eight, ten players from any team, including the big teams, are not going to play because they're not going to risk getting injured? So the bowl games have become less and less important, which 
And I cringe I, at the I, thought I, of this, by the way. They, I was not for, like, this expanded college football playoff, except the fact you're going to get more student-athletes that are going to keep playing. I think they're less important to people who don't have money on the games. And I think that that's why they play these games now. What do you mean it's less important to people that don't have If you don't gamble, yeah. you don't care about the Bahamas Bowl. But if you gamble, you'll look at the lines and you'll play. And with sports so, having uh, so and with more states having legalized gambling right. and TV networks and leagues embracing that, that's why you're going to keep having games like this because it's a revenue generator for everybody because then the gaming companies will advertise nah, no, places. No, it's not a revenue generator for everybody. It's a, You're just saying it's a revenue generator for the gaming industry. And the TV industry, which is the one that puts you the bowls can, on. How, can, how could – I don't know who showed the game today. ESPN. How, how could they make money? What you're telling me because the commercials that they the, sold advertising time. How much could you charge advertising game for the Bahamas Bowl in the middle of the afternoon? I don't think ESPN is the advertising sponsor of the Bahamas Bowl, so they don't pay those costs. They pay the broadcast costs and they get the advertising fees. Look, I don't know the model and the structure and whether it works out, but I think that's why these games are going to stay around even when you go to the expanded playoff. Because people are going to want the opportunity to go and play, and people are going to want the money to go and bet on it. By the way, what was the attendance at the Bahamas Bowl? Did they have the I don't know. Attendance? It didn't have what it was listed. Because that's what I want to know. Like, like, could you actually sell out the Bahamas Bowl, even in a 15,000-seat stadium? I don't know. I'm guessing no. I would guess no. As I, well. I mean, look, they have the Battle for Atlantis basketball tournament, many... and they have that in a ballroom where the ceiling seems too low. <laughs> So I and that's even that's more exciting than the Bahamas Bowl. You can't possibly tell me that oh, you you still haven't told me who the other team is. But Alabama, Miami Birmingham, of Ohio. I okay, told you. okay, Miami of Ohio. You can't tell me that they travel well to the Bahamas Bowl. I, I don't know that that would be the case. So when do you okay? <laughs> when do you start caring about the bowl games now? Like when along the schedule is there a game that you go, oh okay, I'll watch that. That's cool. Here's like the here's, Florida plays Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Do you care don't about care. that? No. Okay, so we have to go later on to find games. Like, when do you actually start paying attention to what's going on? Wisconsin well, plays it won't Oklahoma. Be, it won't Wisconsin be the game that's Oklahoma on now. Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate bowl on December 27th. Are you paying attention well, yet? Well, just so we're clear, <laughs> there's a game on right now as the second bowl game, which is yeah. the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. <laughs> so this bowl game doesn't just have one sponsor in its title. It has two. Which means that they're making more. How? It's Troy versus University of Texas at San Antonio. Did you know they had a football team? No. Okay. So I know Troy did. Did you know UTSA had a football team? I have not followed their football team as closely. Right. But again, I'm not gambling. If I was gambling, I would have known that. And just just so we're clear, the score. I really think you minimize that, by the way. What? The impact of gambling on I this. believe it. During but, uh, my but betting I don't, days, but I, I knew cringe every when I hear it. team that was there and what was going on. I would watch those lines that way. I don't anymore, but the industry is so much larger now because more states have it legal. I went away with my wife, and I was down in Atlantic City and stopped in one of the sports books. Mm-hmm. I can tell why people enjoy that experience. I can tell why people are sitting down there today watching a bowl game and putting money on it and doing that. And that's why you're going to keep seeing bowl games like this that you don't care about, that local fan bases may care about and not sell out, but gamblers will play on. I just think that's I'm the not, case. I'm not, just so I'm clear, I'm not glossing over it, although I may be rolling my eyes at you. 
It's not because of you. So don't take it personally. It, it, it is strictly <laughs> because... It's me. It's not you. No. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't ever want to hear that again. Uh, so here, here's what bothers me. I don't... I know it's reality. I get it. it I cringe at the thought that gambling is what's running sports or anything for that matter. And, and I you just haven't can't... haven't accepted that yet? Wait, there's a difference between accepting it and liking it. There's a gambling right? commercial on every 30 I don't, seconds. But there's I don't care. I don't go, partake in it. There's that. I know, but... Well, but, actually, I do, but you told but, me that's not gambling because you, you thought par- fantasy football isn't gambling. But you do partake in it because How? you watch the sports that are now funded by those gaming revenues. How, which so sports? All, all these sports that have deals with the local sports books that show the odds up in the corner during yeah. the broadcast that give you real time information to gamble that take advertising. I don't watch from those stations. You may. Not, I turn those off. If I see not, that when ESPN has on this on on ESPN two the one where it tells you all the it odds, doesn't matter. I turn it you off. You paid for the cable package. You gave them okay. money just because you. That's don't not gamble why I gave them. Money. Doesn't mean that these gaming revenues aren't supporting these. You're leagues trying now. to call me an accessory to the crime, and I am not, and I refuse to accept it. Because you're worried it. as but a will, lawyer that that's the case. I'm just saying. For people to Wait, can think, you just stop that thought for a second? Because yeah. I think everybody needs an update because the Duluth Cure Bowl, do you know what the score is close to the end of the first quarter? Two to nothing. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It's two <laughs> to nothing. And so any of you gamblers who dared bet like a I prop bet on the, the score at the, at the, at the, at if they took the under, they're happy. That, I'm telling you, Jeff, you it's undersell. It, it, no, I'm not. I, I, I just don't – I can't stomach the because, fact that gambling is the is the motivating factor for things that are irrelevant and I, having them on despite the fact that it's irrelevant. I think there irrelevant. are plenty of fans that watch sports because they believe in the teams and the athletes and what there is. And All I right. think there's a segment. Next week I want to know what the ratings were for the, the game that we oh, just talked God. about and the Duluth – I can't. I, I, even <laughs> as I'm saying it, I'm I'm supporting it. So the other game that's two to nothing towards the end of the first quarter. So oh, I I can't God. I can't deal with that. Like the idea that gambling is the motivating factor between well, for a lot the of this reason stuff. that this stuff survives. Then, well, I'm not. If say, your argument I'm not is saying nobody that's watches not. it and it nobody shouldn't, goes maybe it, to maybe it. some things aren't meant to survive. And by the way, when when I was younger. <laughs> Okay, so if you want me to be old, these bowl. If I the, want you to be old, like I had anything to do. How with How many that bowl decision. games are there? Sixty something bowl games, whatever. There weren't that many bowl games back then. No, there weren't. So why did we need? Why do we need the Bahamas Bowl? Marketing opportunities, Jeff. Okay, fine. Then then go have it. I don't have to watch it, and I, I can complain about it again, if I feel I like I can complain about you, it, and I, I still won't gamble on I, it. I just think you kind of resent the current sports land, landscape. You like the sports, I do, but you don't like the backdrop. I don't resent it, under but I don't like. Play. Yeah, you don't like it. Okay. You don't appreciate well, it. Well, I'm entitled to my opinion, and my opinion is, is this sucks. <laughs> okay, just like the transfer portal. I think that athletes, student athletes, should have freedom to move around. But, you know, we had on Ward Manuel, who was the, the athletic director of Michigan a few years ago when it first started, if you remember. And his thing was, like, his fear was that kids, if they didn't start right away, if they didn't get what they wanted, instead of building character and and learning to earn a job, we're just going to jump and go. And that's what's happening is there are kids that are in this that are sitting there saying, okay, 
I only started X number of games or there's somebody that I'm going to have to compete with. And instead of competing, I'm just going to go somewhere else where somebody's going to promise me something. And then they get there and they don't get what they want anyway. There's a lot of these guys that are in the transfer portal, not for the first time. A lot of them have been in this transfer portal last year or the year before and just decided it didn't work out that way. The grass isn't always greener. And guess what? Some of you may not be starters, but you can get a degree and you can, maybe you can earn your spot and maybe it actually builds character. Like Tom, for everybody that doesn't realize this, Tom Brady, when he was in college, wasn't the starting quarterback and he was there when Michigan won the national championship in 97. And then when after he became the starting quarterback for a year, the next year, he wasn't the starting back quarterback. He shared it with Drew Henson. And I would be willing to bet you if you asked him, having to fight for it and having to work hard is what built character that made him who he is. And so at what point do a lot of these guys say, you know what, let me stay and build character. Let, let, me, let me have some dedication to team. And that's what, what's happening as a result of this is there is no team. There are no teams anymore. How much is it on the student and how much is it on the parent? The, the parent says, go someplace where you can start versus well, the student saying, well, We I'm don't have enough time for that. You, <laughs> you know my feeling about sports parents. You know, as somebody who... I mean, I agree with you. I think that there is something... But it's not all ...lost in not taking the journey through the struggle. Uh, And look, there are different struggles when you transfer and have to assimilate again and learn different program and different people. So it's not to say that it's certainly easy to just do that, but it may be an easier way out to try and go someplace where you're a top dog as opposed to fight it out to get that playing time. I don't think we're going backwards, though. Yeah, and, and by the way... Before we get off of this, to go circle back to the Army-Navy game, we interviewed Andre Carter a week ago, right? This guy, by all accounts, is going to be a high draft pick, probably one of the highest military academy draft picks in the last few decades. Do you know that there's a bill in Congress right now that would stop him from being able to do that? Of course there is. Why? Why, why can't why can't this infuriate? I believe it was only actually an exemption that was done as an executive order that allows them to play. I don't think it was done congressionally. There is a, but now there is a bill in Congress, and I don't think this, it gets passed. But how, how do you do this? Like it, it. Why would he not be able to defer his military service to see if he could pursue this? It and and you're the marketing guy. If you're trying to recruit for the for West Point, hold I'll, on, let me finish. I agree with hold you. On. I know where you're going. If if you're the army and you're trying to recruit young leaders to go there, and there is a young leader who also happens to be a star athlete, and that star athlete can go out. How much how much did David Robinson help the Naval Academy by being able to play? I, I agree ton, with you. Right? It's great marketing to be able to say, I got my degree here, then so I made it professionally, me, and then I served my time. Who? This is not a Democrat or Republican. Well, Who's the dope that thinks this is a good idea I've in Congress? I've seen dumb legislation written more times than I can count on anything, so that doesn't necessarily say anything. I want to see Andre Carter in the NFL, and I want to see him out there promoting West Point if that's what he wants to do. I just can't believe that they would consider this. We've got a couple minutes until we finish up the show, Jeff. Let's talk a little baseball and what's going on with free agency. 
Uh, a lot, a lot of money being given out. So far, 68 Major League Baseball deals in free agency totaling just over $3.3 billion in guaranteed money. This week, Carlos Correa gets $350 million. Carlos Rondon, Rondon gets $6 million. All right, stop, six- stop there for a second. Okay, so I, I think that most people in, in Philadelphia wanted Carlos Rondon here. And thought that there was a chance he was going to come here because he played college ball with, I think, with Trey Turner. If you're a Phillies fan, I know money shouldn't matter. You're fans and, you know, let them sign whoever they want and let Middleton figure it out. You know how many pitches Rodon really has? Two. Yeah. Okay. So you want a guy, he's what, 30 years old? Is he 30 years old? Around. Okay. So he's 30 years old, a six-year contract. For how much is he getting per year? 20, 20 something million dollars? Yeah. He's a two pitch pitcher. Yeah. Okay. Unless he's going to develop another pitch. And by the way, last year he was making $3 million a year. That's right. Uh, well, wasn't he cut the year before? Yeah. Okay. So, so he, more power to him. Brilliant. What he did in one year is brilliant. And the Yankees have oodles of money and can go spend it for any other team. Don't, don't cry that you're not getting Carlos Rodon. Maybe I'll end up being wrong, but. That that's not going to be. You sign Taiwan Walker, who I would, I think I would rather have on a shorter contract for less money. I think he's your number four. I think Rangers your right. number three. I and, think that. And, and you have two guys in the system who you hope can stay healthy. Who I think hope, they start the season with Bailey Falter at their five. I think Andrew Painter's down because yeah, well, he's gonna. If you have tickets for that game, you might not be happy. I'm but just, as long they'll I'm still be saying, hitting. I don't expect Painter to necessarily be up early because he's never going to have thrown the amount of pitches they're going to want him to throw for a full season. Right. So if you hold him up from bringing him up, you can have him pitch longer and later for you. That I, that would be why I think they don't have Painter up early to start I wonder. The I haven't have seen Falter. anybody do this, but I wonder if, if the two young guys, if you were able to bring them both up and stagger them so that every other time one of them starts, and then the other time he comes out of the bullpen. That's what That was something they were doing in the minor leagues for a while. I don't know. That goes against and, your everybody having a role. No, that would be the role. And that would also extend the number of innings that they're able to play. I mean, so... And it would help your you're bullpen. Gonna have to, you, unfortunately, if you're the Phillies, you have to be creative because the, there is a dearth of pitching, as we saw when we got to the World Series and couldn't your, figure it out who was going to store the fourth game. It would help your bullpen, and you are going to need more bullpen pitching still. Yeah. So that, that would help, too. I mean, so. there are some bullpen pieces I would rather the Phillies get, but... I'm sure that like how did the Cubs sign anybody? I'm sure Dombrowski's still going to go find another piece or two. You know, not the high end things, but serviceable players that can be arms in the bullpen. But that's probably where we're going to end up. Jeff, any final thoughts before we? Uh... I'm just happy. By the way, I've always like been like, who's the best player with who wore this number? The Phillies have had like never had like a really good number seven. So <laughs> Trey, it is nice Trey that Trey well. Turner is going to be a good number seven. Yeah, and anybody who's complaining about, oh, we're going to have him when he's in his late 30s. If you get a World Series in the next five years, do you care? Look, the Phillies are ahead of the trend with the way they spread out these deals, starting with Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. And everybody is following with these long-term 9, 10, 11, 13-year deals that's going to be the wave. They're going to end up addressing this in free agency when they do collective bargaining again. Are they getting around the salary cap? Oh, you mean after they by, go on strike or get locked out yeah. and go through that nonsense See, why again. did we have to leave that on the final thought, Jeff? Nothing happy for you. You know who the best signing for the Phillies is going to be at free agency at the All-Star Bank? Who? It's going to be Bryce Harper. 
Yes, he will come back healthy, and that will be very good to see. Jeff, um, Festivus is next week. Get yourself ready. I'm ready. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.